0: Much and welcome here to another new show on Sports Stars this week. We hoped yesterday you were listening to Sports Stars Football with myself and Maria De where We're here today now with Sports Stars Camogie, a weekly look at the Camogie scene where we talk about the big issues happening in Camogie. We look back at what happened last weekend and we look ahead to the mud watering ties that are taking place next week. And I'm very, very delighted to welcome you to my regular guest here today, of course, somebody that I worked with for oh, seven, eight years and going. BFM, and we're back together. Imelda Hoppins, the 1996 Galway All ireland winning captain. We won't start seeing Kylie and Jason at the moment, Amelda, but it's great to be back <laughs> working with you. Same here, Darren. Imelda, before we kick things off and start talking about matches, let's talk about the big talking mm. point in Camogie for the last week, and that is the removal of 10 second teams from the intermediates in the Premier Junior Championship. We had Alan Brennan, the Wexford junior manager, uh, Katie Walsh from the Cork Intermediate Camogie team and, of course, former All-Ireland winning manager with senior intermediate, Tony Board from Galway on Monday. And, of course, the main point we were making from that conversation is it just doesn't make any sense. Now, we're not blaming the Camogie Association at the moment because it's a Department of Sport directive, but this week, uh, the, a lot of those counties have co-signed a letter where at going to the Camogie Association about... Came, they should have probably called off the competition
1: in the first place. Yeah, and in fairness, Darren, I have to hold my hand up and say that's what I actually thought had happened when the news broke first. I thought that the Intermediate Championship and the Junior Championship were both gone and that the top championship then in the Komogi, which is the Senior Championship, was remaining. And then, obviously, it filtered through that, indeed, that wasn't the case, that it was just the top teams, I suppose, in each county that was, um, if you like, remaining to play. And the second teams, were then obviously going to be taken out of the championship so it is a hard one to to get your head around and if you even look at we, we, we'll just take the intermediate championship there first if you start plucking teams out so you're going to start taking out the goal with the dublin you know cork kilkenny tip and you know for the teams that's remaining i i'd love to know like how they feel as well because it's not really a championship anymore if you're taken away and Necessarily say the top teams, but you're taking away five teams or whatever out of the championship. So I don't know if you know is it a true championship for them. Then either, like, do you feel that you are playing the championship when some of the teams and indeed some of the top teams? And if you look at, say, for example, Galway, who were contenders there last year, you know, if they're going to be taken out, then is the same bite left in the championship? And you know, again, to go on to the junior then, I think you're left with two teams left in the junior. And, you know, what is... I don't see any enjoyment in that either. So it, is, it is difficult, in fairness. It's a difficult one to call.
0: Even, we we'll go back to the intermediates in a moment, because there are, I suppose, there's a few uh, ways to look at that as well. But the junior, like Armagh and Roscommon, it's going to be great for one of them. to go going to win an Ireland title. But these players have trained for one match. I know yeah. there was a couple of league games mm-hmm. back in February, but when you talk about championship, you talk about the long eight, nine months, it's for one match. It's not. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's no promotion or relegation this year, either of as far as I understand, and I stand to be corrected in that. But there's one match. We don't know when this game is going to take place. They're actually meant to meet in the group game last week. So it's very hard on themselves as well.
1: Yeah, it is. Of course it is. As you say, you're, you're training for one match. And again, I keep, I go back to the point again, like, is, it, is there... What is real satisfaction? Yes, of course you're going to be all Ireland, you know, winner. But you know, is there? Have you reached the goal? For example, when you know in your heart and soul that you know some of the some good, very good teams have been taken out of the championship, and I suppose maybe I, on the point you touched there, then Darren, about that there's there's no promotion. Maybe that is a good thing in fairness because then maybe we're just really going to start all over again. I, I do feel. That it's just the intermediate and the junior, I feel at the moment, is just being run through for the sake of running it through. And I think it's just not fair to the players and indeed the management. And, you know, you had key people on there on Monday Monday night. You know, these are the people that's involved. You know, we can talk about it outside, but we're not the ones I suppose it's training, putting in the hard work and, you know... Tony Ward there, and he knows all about managing teams and having senior and junior, our senior and intermediate teams together in 2013. And you know the impact. Can can you just imagine for Galway in 2013 if you whipped away our intermediate team? I suppose that brings it to down to reality what's going on. And you know to hear Casey Walsh there, a player, to hear her, you know her side of it and the heart in her voice. Like that's reality, Darren. That's the reality of this. You know, we all understand COVID and, you know, we're all being careful. But I suppose, again, I'll have to go with what a lot of them touched on on Monday was maybe the right decision was to continue with the adult championships. I get it. Maybe the likes of the underage, because there you have, you know, maybe parents bringing some training, you have more people flowing. But I think you would be able to manage the adult teams. You know, and it's just you know we have to bring it down, I suppose, to the people that's involved and how they, and how how they're feeling and all the work that they've put in, and now to be told basically it's gone.
0: Because that that's the thing as well, and we can only imagine the Camogie Association have tried to explain this to the Department of the Sport or to Netflix Because I can understand based on the figures that we're having COVID nineteen and all that, where they're trying to reduce. The, the amount of teams uh, playing sport in general, and there's a few other sports that have not been as lucky as ours to actually still be able to go ahead, but like, these, what what defines elite, you know, they're going, I'm guessing they're going off the model of one team per county, that's fair mm, enough. Sure. Yeah. These teams that are being taken out are playing in elite competition, because they're playing with other first teams as well, and I do want to make a point on behalf of the eight remaining teams in the intermediate in a moment, but this is the problem is that they're being taken out of an elite competition anyway. Surely that qualifies them for a elite. I know they're worried about setting a precedent. But if I wanted to talk about a precedent, I could just talk about Shamrock Rovers having two teams playing soccer uh, uh, this week as well. Their second team has been taken out of the electricity League.
1: Yeah, and I think again, Darren, you know, it's down to was this a spur-of-the-moment decision? Was it just to say, you know, take the Kamogi, keep the top team? And, you know, we'll just or keep the top teams and then, you know, we'll just call the rest of them. So therefore, we're reducing numbers. You know, was that the decision they took? Um, obviously, that's not the same decision then that was made for for soccer. But it's just, again, I'm just wondering, you know, when the announcement came. Because, again, I suppose we, we should look back as well pre the announcement. I genuinely thought that that Komogi would be gone, you know, as, a, as in other sports as well. So we were delighted, then of course, to hear that it wasn't, and then of course, this other news followed through. So I just wonder: was it all just a spur of the moment? Was did they really, really think all of this true? And again, I'll draw it down to the people who've put in the hard work. I don't know whether brought down to their their level and how you know how they were going to be impacted, if you like, and all of this.
0: Could the Kamooki Association have been caught in the binds here? That the fear of postponing the competition, because there's no guarantee we're going to be back up and running now with a lockdown on the 1st of December, could have led to no championship at all and they were trying to be fair, especially yeah. to these intermediate teams that are remaining, who mm-hmm. the managers on Monday, John Desmond and Jim McKernan, and they definitely show sympathy uh, for the players that have missed out. But it's in the back of the mind too, there could be that fear that there could be no championship at all, which would be equally, if not more detrimental to those counties.
1: Yeah, and that and it could have come to that, you know, and maybe they were... Trying to save grace, if you like, by by just reducing down the teams and then letting the rest of the teams go ahead. But I I just think, and I suppose just to give an example, because just coming off the top of my head, and you know I was lucky enough to see the Galway and Dublin game in the first round this this year, and you know to see I suppose you know the Galway team who had got to the All Ireland final, and you know these girls then I suppose were coming back this year, you know, hoping they'd be in with a chance to at least get back there too. Mm. You know, and to, they led by seven points at half
0: time in that hour, and finally, remember, there,
1: didn't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. But mm-hmm. like looking back, like like just you know, off the top of my head, you had like Laura Ward, Kira Donahue, um, you know, you had Ifa Linsky, Maria Dillon, like Tara Ruszich, a girl who's who's fled senior, who now has intermediates if you like, and it's great to have her. And you know, those girls are now missing out. And if you look at again, Kira Donahue is intermediate player. Look at her sister, Eva, is on the senior team. Both in the one house. Aoife, you go ahead and play. Kira, you can play. Like this is this is what I keep saying. There and this is the reality. And it's it's such a cruel, I suppose, decision. And you bring it down to that. But again, I suppose we're we're we are we we were not involved in the talk, so we don't know. Maybe there had to be. Maybe something had to go. And this was the maybe the Camogie Association had no choice. And this was the best that they could could do with.
0: Certainly hope that the the, the the teams with the petitions and the layers out there keep highlighting it to mm-hmm. their local TVs and all as well because we have to believe the Komoki Association are fight are fighting their case. But um and I, I think everybody would agree that it shouldn't have been taken out of the competition anyway. Um because it's just especially at such short notice as well. Twenty-four is out there when we talk about Katie, Washington, and Cork, and even as you mentioned Galway, should Limerick's second team last year, were in an all ireland final as well, and there has been great work on those counties. And also, Melden, we'll, we'll go, we we'll move on from this this point as well as that for those counties that are remaining. They point yes. clarity from the Camogie Association and what's going on. We know the carrier playing me's this weekend mm. and we put clock in Saturday and listen now. Um, they're the only two remaining counties that haven't pledged yet. Yeah, and we're waiting to hear news and restructuring of that championship. We know what the restructuring of the junior is going to be. It's going to be Armagh against Roscommon. Common, and just with it's played now? They hardly keep them waiting until December, but they need clarity as well because we're we're talking. This show is going out on Thursday now, so we're nine days before uh, the expected next round of matches. You know, then if if a line has been drawn in this Camogie Association as well, we'll probably have to step up and draw a line on it. Uh, but somebody needs said because. Uh, it's unfair, and the players missing out, but it equally, could start becoming an issue with the players that are remaining.
1: Yeah, exactly. There, you know, they I suppose the girls as well even have closure at this stage because you know, obviously the announcements come out, but then she said that the petitions going around, and just you know, the girls are now hoping maybe that something will come off those. So. Probably still not known whether it's going to go ahead, and and likewise for the teams that's left in it as well. You know they don't know. As you said, they're Kerry and Me. They're going ahead. That's the last group. They're in Group Two. They're the last two teams I supposed to play of the teams that's remaining. So that's probably going to go ahead. And then what's going to happen after that? If the other teams are going to be taken out, the five teams go. The eight that's left behind. What structure is going to continue on for that championship so it's very it is very very unclear and I suppose that's probably the next thing that we'd hope for is that something definite will come now and if it you know unfortunately if it is bad news but at least the girls will be able to you know move on from it another worry you have as well I suppose Dan is that you know we touched on there with, with Tony Ward early in the week when you have intermediate and senior girls you know on the one panel if you like you know, it is going to be a lull on the senior team as well, because, mm. you, know, they're, like, it, I, you know, they are they are part of the senior team, but at the end of the day, the intermediate is their team. So, you know, they are obviously going to be upset and it is going to definitely have an impact on, on the senior team, you know, and, you know, the counties that's playing this weekend, it's definitely going to have an impact. And for managers now to try and keep, I suppose, the senior team focused as well is obviously very important.
0: Yeah, and as well as, of course, uh, the other big things we mentioned there as well, is like the 10 counties affected all have senior teams in the senior championship. And mm. You'd imagine if Westmeath consolidate their place in top five, which they're doing a good job with this year so far, uh, they might look down that road too. It's a feeder system to keep Camogie strong because well, at the end of the day, Amanda, we want to see more counties coming through and we, we do want to state here, myself and Amanda, that we are supportive of every, every county here. We want clarity for those remaining and we yeah. also want the opportunity for those taken out we also want to keep Camogie strong in the strong counties as well, because it's a very, very important for the game to thrive as well. Um, but it's the feeder system, even as we mentioned Galway, which we both be familiar with very well. The 2019 Ireland senior winning team has met up with a majority of the 2013 intermediate team, and that's really where the, where the chain goes with those teams.
1: Yeah, you see, and you know, as you said there, and I know Tony Ward spoke about it, your 2013 team, the intermediate team went on then and to the 2019 team. And that is like, that's just giving go as an example. You know, you'll have that right across, you know, I suppose all counties. And it is, um, you know, your backbone, your need. And I know it's probably more difficult issue year with COVID and maybe panels aren't able to train together. But when you have a senior and intermediate team, training together on the one ground, you know, you have the number of players for your matches and it's just you like know, it's you, you're a much, much stronger panel, a much stronger senior panel, and obviously, you know, your your intermediate team, your intermediate players are getting better and better because they're playing up against senior players. So it is all and it's all to do with the growth of Kamogi and And this will definitely have an impact uh, on on Komogi. It certainly
0: will have, especially a a negative impact. We've seen how Wexford have worked so hard to try and turn things around there too, and it's taking a bit of time Imelda I'd love to continue talking more about this because it's a massive issue I have a funny feeling it's not the last time that we will be talking about it but we better move on at the moment we'll talk about the action that is on the field of course it's our first Camogie show as well and quickly we're going to go back to last week uh, I got to watch a, a few of the games between Dublin and Tipperary and Kenny against Westmead but I suppose the one game that was standing out for most people was Waterford and Limerick two teams that were in the quarterfinals last year indeed Waterford. Give Galway a bit of trouble in their quarter final. Limerick only a few points short of Tipperary in that game, too. But uh, Waterford convincing winners, 215 to 9 points.
1: Amanda, what's going on in Limerick? Yeah, it is disappointing for Limerick because, again, you know, we would have talked to Darren over and over again about, I suppose, getting more senior teams involved. You know, we're always talking about the top four. You know, the last couple of years, I suppose, you've been talking about Cork, Kilkenny, and Galway. You know, we need more teams. Up in senior level, and you know, just with me, they're coming up now this year as, and doing very, very well at senior. Like that's what we want, and what we want to hold on, obviously, to the teams that is there, and you know, the likes of Limerick. Like if you look back at Limerick a couple of years ago, you'd be saying, you know, this is definitely a team that's going to going to develop and going to grow, and it's going to be up there, you know, there, thereabouts with the top counties. But just things haven't seemed to be going well for them, for them this year, and. You know, it is unfortunate because as we keep saying, you know, we want to try and build up the teams and not, we definitely don't want um, our senior teams fading away on us.
0: I watched their game against Westmeath and kudos to Westmeath that played very well, deserving winners on the day. I only was learning while watching it, and it was exactly mm-hmm. all the problems going on down in Liverpool, nine players pulling out of the panel. Declan Nash was the manager last year. He wasn't back this year, I think whatever procedure the county board were using they wanted him to reapply. Paul Sexton was in, he resigned after that game there was only caretaker managers in for Waterford too and like we've often talked about Limerick flattering to deceive uh, between league and championship, but they're in the league too, especially after that disputed loss to Tipperary, which a, a point that wasn't registered. But um, like th- th- against Waterford last week, Neve Rocket was tremendous in the game as well, yeah. certainly so. But and Waterford are going places. We talk about them in a moment, but Limerick it just seems to fall apart. If a game against Kilkenny, the con that I don't think based on what I saw, Kilkenny is going in well for the minor, and it's Limerick a generation of players there. I know they don't have more Mulcahy this year, but the generation of players there that could be lost at, at so much potential.
1: Yeah, and in fairness, you know, like Limerick 2 could have been rattled with, with, the, um, with, being, with the defeat of with didn't come into w- the Waterford game. But in fairness, to Limerick, they did get off to a good start, Darren. And uh, I think Weave Acosta started start them off there with a, with a free, point from a free, and settled in and probably was there or thereabouts with Waterford. But then I think, I suppose, Niamh Rock has really started hitting form, and I think her first goal will probably just rock the rock the deck for Limerick, and and that will happen as well, I suppose. When you're when you're there trying to build your confidence, and you're tipping over a few points, and next thing your goal just comes and bang, and you know it's a great obviously long pass, and Niamh finishes the top of the net. So because it's 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 very very difficult, I suppose, now at this stage to pick themselves up and to face the likes of Falcynia, I suppose, who is now I suppose chomping at the bit to get back into the top two again this year, so it is going to be a very, very difficult one for Limerick ahead now.
0: We certainly hope they can turn it around, as you mentioned. Quiva Costo as well. I remember watching her Miner minor, fantastic talent as well. But look at positive Waterford. Like, they, they give Kenny a game the first day out, and they certainly laid down a marker. We talked about Neve Rock, and Bec Carton is one of the best players in the country. And, and, and they're a county that have shown there is a route to move up the the, the rankings in Camogie in this country if you just keep putting the work in. And, like, they're definitely an established top 5 or 16 now.
1: Yeah, and in fairness, you know, Washford as well. You know, it's not like that they have just come this year or even last year. Washford had been knocking on the door, and I do remember they've in Galway a couple of years ago down in Kinney Park and Acton Rye. And their forward line on the day I remember was being, was particularly strong, and they were excellent at this um, long passing to another and and the running game. And again, I think that has come true um, on their last game, their last day hours, because I do think it was a long pass from from the carting girl that you mentioned there, Darren. I think to, to leave yes. not only once but I think twice um, to get her two goals. So they are a team, and you know we have touched on as well earlier on um, about the final last year, where they definitely gave Galway, you know, a very, very good run for, and I think it was in the second half, if I remember correctly, that Galway started to pull away. Now Waterford have to be looking and saying, Galway, you know, All Ireland champs. We got so close to them last year. This has to be a boost for Waterford. So definitely, I think we have a team that's coming here and a team to watch. And I know I spoke about it, a lot about them the last year as well, but you know, I definitely think they are one of the teams that's coming through.
0: Well, it's definitely a game next week. We're going to be looking forward to Waterford against Westmead. We'll definitely be previewing it on one of our shows, whether it's this show with yourself and Melder or Friday with Rena. But it'll be a match to watch out for a winner effectively going through to the quarterfinals. Of course, let's look at the weekend that's coming up now as well. Uh, Limerick are out of the championship we just talked about. We get to Welfly in a few minutes. They are playing the fixture uh, on Sunday in Pearce Stadium against Galway. So we are being told, as things stand, and hopefully that is the case. But I want to talk what I feel myself is the game of the weekend. Cork against Wexford, by the way, for those is then. Amel, um, a quick word on Cork against Wexford, actually. We'll be doing that more detail with Reena on the curtain raiser tomorrow. But it's Cork's first game. Wexford asked a few questions of Galway in the opening round as well. Can they catch Cork off guard in Parky Yeah,
1: I think it's going to be very hard, Darren, to be honest with you, to catch Cork, because I think to catch Cork any day is a, is a hard day. But, you know, I think Cork are going to be a very, very focused issue. But again, a first day, you know, the fact that Wexford have a, have a game over them, your first, your first game... It's always a tough one I, and, you know, it's it's all about, I suppose, getting off to a good start for Cork. So, because Wexford, again, have nothing to lose. They're going to be underdogs going into the game. So, you know, it's it's all about, I suppose, the first 10 minutes, as far as Wexford's concerned, to get off to a good start, maybe while, while Cork are settling. But it's, to me, it's going to be a hard one for them
0: will be too whatever if it'd been in an escorty, it'd give them probably more of a chance as well but of course Cork likely Kenny and Galway are the established top three the first game we're going up in the SML next weekend is two teams that I would feel myself have underachieved in recent years now we know Dublin were in the All-Ireland semi-final a few years back after a great win against Wexford Clare have never really recovered from mm-hmm. letting Galway off the hook in the 2014 quarter final I feel they haven't been in the knockout stages since they've both lost the Tipperary in their open but yeah. we always we nearly always felt that this was it was going to come down to this game. It's winner takes all in Father MacDonough Park on Saturday, Clare against Dublin.
1: Yeah, and in fairness, um, Tipperary have beaten both, and I suppose there has to be much in the score difference between the two the two games. So, you, you know, looking at that, you'd be you would be kind of presuming, Darren, that both Clare and Dublin would be around the same. I suppose coming into the match, but look at it's it's a do or die, isn't it? So it's going to be down to the wire. And again, I suppose, like, I do feel that Dublin might just have the edge on clear for this. You know, I just feel that, you know, even looking at their intermediate team, which I said earlier on, that I was lucky enough to see, the, you know, they, they seem to have super players on that intermediate team for Dublin. So I would be imagining like that they would have great backup to call on as well. And I just think that Dublin will be that little bit stronger, you know. But then again, as I say when it comes to do or die, it's all about, you know, on the day and how things go for them.
0: As you mentioned there now they did draw in last year's championship but Dublin's at the edge in, in most of the games against Clare in recent years most notably of course the famous coin toss match five years ago but as you mentioned there Dublin Imelda, like they Tipperary uh, last Sunday now Tipperary did miss a few mm. chances in the game so did Dublin it has to be said they stuck with them but just to cut the fans goal through the oh. difference between them but like in the in defence Emma Flanagan and Ashley Carolyn is a very solid spine up front Ashley Maher that'll be the uh, key player to watch her battle with Claire here the Clare the Claire centre-back could be the jewel of the game as well but you've also Euron Kelleher from St. Vincent's in midfield Ali Toomey a very experienced player too Sinead Wiles uh, look good and definitely dangerous too as well Dublin like Clare will feel they need to be getting more in, in the scoreboard 11 points Dublin got I think off the top of my head and Clare got 1-8 that's not going to be enough. Yeah. Back to junior
1: junior. No, and in fairness to Dublin, I think it was actually, actually Mara scored five frees in the second half. You know, so not enough coming from, from play when you look at that. it. White, I think, got two very good points in the first half, which probably kept Dublin in the game. You know, but, you know, I suppose, Darren, it's again, it's down to, you know, Tipperary probably were going to be that bit stronger than Clare and Dublin. Tipperary are probably on a high from the league final, even though I know it's, are, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm qualifying, but it's it's down to, I suppose, now which of those teams want the most. And I do think that Dublin will have the edge.
0: One thing, if we look at the Clare side, the errors home as well and they're in the Father McNamara Park with no supporters. They can play at the ground, they're used to too. Mara, that second quarter against Tipperary, where they gave away 10 points for free, pretty much. Um Joe O'Connell, who we will be hearing about short from shortly uh brought on some of the heavy hitters that have returned levo d chloe Morey, Susan for three players, and you'd probably expect to be in the starting team when it is announced on Saturday, and Chloe Morey in particular uh can have a major impact in this game, especially if it's going to go clear' way
1: yeah, and it will be down to those the likes of those players Darren, that comes through, and you know just seeing suppose Chloe will have a lot of experience as well and you know hopefully things will go will go their way well we certainly a game we'll
0: be looking forward to as well we'll be talking about next week no doubt in some shape or form
1: i like
2: listening to sports dads because he has famous celebrities and i guess listen to him darren kelly I'm
0: delighted to be joined now by the Clare Senior Camogie Manager, Jerr O'Connell, as we look ahead to what's arguably the big game of the weekend in Camogie. That's Clare against Dublin. Winner takes all to get to the quarterfinals. But Gerard, just before we talk about that, of course, and indirectly I suppose it affects your team to a certain degree, is uh, what happened last weekend when the uh, Intermediate and Premier Junior second teams from the senior sides were removed we from their respective championships. And of course, um for Clare, this is a massive blow to their feeder because they called to a great start to the championship beating Offaly. And there's a big risk now that we could lose players in the future.
2: Yeah, absolutely. No, it's a it's an awful hard you know they they do the same preparation as we would have done as a senior outfit, you know, and we actually there there's three girls who have linked between both the senior panel and the junior panel. For the last number since we went back, so no, it was an awful harsh call to make, and you know, I suppose look at the end of the day, they're, they're 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 adult players, you know, and they should be, in my opinion, being the same boat as us as a senior group that they should be allowed to um, play away and and have their championship.
0: Because like on, on Monday's show, we had a panel discussion with a few people in, involved with in other counties as well in this situation too. And of course, the big talking point was that these teams are very, very important for developing through the talent because it's a massive step up for young players to go from minor straight to senior, where at least the junior or intermediate, depending on what county
2: we're talking about there, is a great stepping stone to get prepare them for top fly camogie. No, it is. It's huge. And that's a big difference between, I suppose, the camogie and the hurling. The hurling is that there is that 20s and 21s link between the um, the minor and and the, the adult teams, you know, and that's just not there for for um for the Camogie and so you know, maybe something they look at, but I think most of the the major teams as well, you know, your Galway's and your Tipperary's, like in your Corks, like they have they have nearly trained together, you know, so they have a real strong link between both, like you know and Um, look, it's maybe something that we might think of or look into as a, as a clear outfit as well down the line. But no, it is, it's huge for, look, a good, a good 18 year old is going to find it difficult stepping up into adult camogie, you know, and, um, to have that link between both is, is necessary and it's, it's important to, to keep it going, really.
0: It is important, and of course, I, I, I do acknowledge we're living in difficult times too. But hopefully, it's something that doesn't have long-term um, negative impact on Clare or any of the counties and falls. Of course, we talk about stepping stones. Let's talk about the players that have stepped to the stone, and they're certainly going to have to do it this Saturday. Um, I'd say if you look back at the game against Tipperary last week, you'd love to just change the second quarter because bar that, you you showed you could compete with Tipperary.
2: Yeah, look, I'm not going to lie to you and say we weren't disappointed with, with, um, how, how last Sunday went. Um, we had kind of played our challenge games and there was a, we, they were really looking forward to it, you know, but look, they were a good side. They've been in the top four for the last two or three years. Um, and just look, they really put us to the sword in the middle of that, um, first half, you know, they were just really clinical. And I suppose that's, that was the difference as well. And at the time we just aren't, didn't take our chances really when we had them to, um, keep ourselves in the game and keep, Away. And in fairness to the girls, look, we made a few changes and the players that come on did make a a big difference. And we did look after that then. I think I think the game finished one nine to or one seven to nine points after you know, after the change we made, you know. So but you can't start the way we did, you know. And look, there are areas and we've looked at it and we've talked about it during the week, you know, a training and look, a big area for us that we were really strong was our were puckouts and I suppose from the, looking back on the game, from the ninth minutes to the 59 minutes, we didn't win one of our own puckouts. You know, like out of 14 puckouts, we never won one of their puckouts. You know, so that gives you an idea of, of um, I suppose the dominance they had in that, that kind of area that we need to improve on, especially for the game on Sunday on Saturday in Dublin.
0: And it is an important part too because you profited from Emer Kelly's goal off a of pookout strategy too. But as you mentioned yeah, as well,
2: yeah, yeah. you may you, you
0: like the great thing is some players have been back as well. You weren't didn't waste time making changes there, getting Nevo D, Chloe Morey, Zuzan Fawn on the team, Ocean McMahon back in the panel as well. And it was important that you had these players to react because it's just, if they are going to make a first
2: quarter final since twenty fourteen, the squad is going to be crucial. No, it is, and look for um for, for reasons, there was, there was reason why those, those girls couldn't start, you know? So, um, kind of, look, we have a strong panel. There is, there is great strength and depth there. Like, and it, it did show up there last Saturday or last Sunday, but, um, look, it's a panel game. Like, as, as I had said before, you were never going to finish with the 15 that had started. So. It just meant that look, we had to try and do something. They had a run on us there at the, at the time, and it's just a decision we made. And in fairness, the girls that come on made a big difference as well. Like you know, so look, it gives us food for thought for picking a team again now for on Saturday against Dublin. And
0: that's where we're going to move to as well. Of course, it seems to be like inevitable that Clare and Dublin will be amazing to knock one out of the championship based on their recent history. And uh, did you get a chance to watch much of Dublin against Tipperary? They'll also probably come into this game feeling that uh, they left chances behind them as well.
2: Yeah, I did watch it, yeah, and you know, they, were, they were impressive at times and they are used to their ball and, and and you know, how hard they worked. You know, they really kind of limited Tipperary, so they they made them create turnovers and they made the made life hard for Tipperary, probably a bit harder than we did at the start of the game, you know. um, if Look, if Tipperary were a bit more clinical, they probably should have put Dublin away earlier, but look, they weren't and Dublin kept in the game and it should probably show the character they have in the team that they did stay in it. And look, with ten minutes to go, they were two points behind, you know, and it could have been anyone. But look, Tipperary are a decent side, and um, they deservedly won the game on 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 Sunday. But look, it's there's never anything between Dublin and Clare when they play in a, in any game, and look, I'm sure it won't be any different on on Saturday. Of course,
0: last year when you met in the championship, it was the draw match. I don't think you can afford a draw this time based on scoring no. difference. Tipperary missing a few chances themselves. Ashley, Marino that will catch some of your attention with her scoring too, but I think you touched this earlier on, Ger. It's improving your own tally. Certainly one is not going to be enough to win this match.
2: No, it's not, and that's you're you're absolutely right there. Yeah, we have to we have to score and take our chances. Look, it's not as if we're not creating. Them. Like we created three or four great goal scoring chances the last day against tip, like, you know, and even the games we played kind of in preparation for that Tipperary game, you know, what we're creating and we just look we're not taking our chances when I mean, we have them. And you know, at this at this level, you have to take your chances. So look, that's that's a positive that we are creating them, but we have to take them when we do get them.
0: No doubt you'll definitely have a much better chance of that come the weekend. How important is the game being in Father Macnamara Park, taking into account home advantage, but also the times we're living in with no supporters?
2: Yeah, no, look, Father Mac is, is the home of, of Clare Camoggi, you know, and I suppose the fact there's no crowd there is after helping because there are certain criteria you have to have to be a championship and the fact there's no crowd there means that not having a stand is, isn't an issue now, Look, like, you know. So, look, it's great. It's, look, we know that pitch very well. We've trained there. Um, no, I, look, it's just a matter now of, of, of preparing mentally no more than physically for the game on, on Saturday. You know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get much fitter between now and Saturday. So, it's just a matter, matter of getting the heads right now and, and be prepared for it. It's gonna be a battle. You know, it will be. So, hopefully the girls will be up for it, and I think they will. Yeah, it certainly be some on recent history that we discussed
0: earlier on. Of course, it's five years since the infamous coin toss. Uh, Gerard, listen, very, very best of luck for Clare. Of course, you the positive league. you would be hoping to make a quarterfinal for the first time since 2014. Wish
2: you the very, very best of luck. Thanks very much. appreciate it, Darren. Thanks, man.
1: I like listening for sports because I like to listen to ladies football and ladies camogie.
0: Now, that was the Clare senior Camogie manager, Jer O'Connell, talking to us there. Mel, one game left. I know it's a game you're looking forward to getting to, a game I'm looking forward to getting to too. And um, I certainly was looking forward to getting to it more before Offley conceded the opening round to Cork. Of course, I'm talking about Offley against Galway in Pierce Stadium at two o'clock on Sunday. Let's talk about Galway in a moment. Offly first. Now, oh, we're told it's now due with COVID-19, which is an understandable why like they were missing so many players, but at the start they were claiming it wasn't. And it just sounds like, Imelda, that Offaly, a county that has had so much promise and was positive was coming out and Even with Michaela Morgan on the Fair Green a few weeks back, talking good things about the season. And the teams have all gone belly up now because regardless of what happens from here are in,
1: I don't think they can qualify for the knockout stages because they completed the match. Yeah, and in fairness, it was unfortunate for Offaly and, you know, there was there was a lot of hype about Offaly in the beginning of the year, you know, and they were saying that they had, you know, there was a lot of work being done and that they were looking forward to a good year this year in Offaly and I suppose then with circumstances that was outside their control, they weren't able to play their first game. So it definitely puts Offaly, I suppose, on on the back foot. So it's hard to know Darren what'll happen on Sunday and for it is a difficult one I suppose for Offaly to have to, I suppose, play Galway and yes, maybe not get get anything out of it and then of course you're, you're meeting the likes of the All-Ireland champions at home so it is a difficult one for them
0: It's a game you can rally in um, based on the circumstances as well with nothing to lose but like uh, awfully no different to a few other counties that we've mentioned already probably just never come true they were very unlucky I feel a few years ago against Wexford in an All-Ireland quarter final, but they've never really followed through they have been in a semi-final in the past as well And with all that disruption to their preparation to get themselves organised, and as you just said there, to come out to Pierre Stadium to take on Mm. a Galway side, it looked like they haven't lost their stride that much at all.
1: Yeah, and in fairness, you know, you, you mentioned there about the Wexford game a few years ago. I do feel if Galway had won that match, they came so close, and I'd say everybody was shouting for them on the day. And I just think that a win that day would have done awfully, you know, such, it would have brought on their whole development, I suppose, in the county if they had got that win. And, unfortunately, it didn't go their way. And, you know, I suppose we haven't seen that awful team since, Darren, either. If we look back, you know, we have never seen, you know, I suppose, them getting that close again. So, and then to go down to play the All-Ireland Champs in the home ground. Now, I know it's not the same either. home grounds isn't the same because you don't have the crowd, remember. So you don't have that, I suppose impact of the support from the crowd but even so it is going to be difficult for them
0: two years ago we were starting to be final and goal we looked completely devoid of confidence as well call murray was only just getting the stamp on proceedings with the county as well and they've really turned it on last year's All ireland final has been mentioned up there with the 2012 game between wexford and cork and while they were disappointed to lose the tipperary in the league and they'll be disappointed in to that we can see the 3-9 to wexford the first day out 5-17, uh, one or two new players brought into starting 15. A very, very strong bench, even getting stronger. Uh,
1: Galway looked like, it seemed to be. Yeah, and they were very impressive, I suppose, in their opening game as well. Darren, against Wexford. Um, You know, Itha Donahoe and David Shorali on song on the day in front. And, you know, I, I think the one thing that stands to Galway as well, our defence is, is very good. Uh, Galway has probably a, you know, one of the best full-back lines, I suppose, if not the best full-back lines in in the country with Shawnee Healy uh Sarah Dervin and Heather Cooney in there and you know there's very very few balls of players that get inside that so they are I suppose driving on even from last year and you know they seem to be just so focused and even if we look back to winning the All-Ireland last year and we had no COVID they seem to be very um, restricted in their celebrating really they were just so focused again on getting back into the championship again and going for you know for this again, for a back-to-back, if you like, but it's it's all again, I suppose, going to be what we awfully show up. though. So if they come, I suppose, you know, to give a game to Galway, to fight, you know, to come fighting. But if Galway just, just come to to if we just come to fill a fixture, then I don't know is it going too much good to Galway. There?
0: Even getting to 60 minutes would help as well if Kyle Murray has anything he wants to find. John, I think the key match is going to be against Cork, and we don't want to be dismissive of Wexford or because... Uh, two great traditions, too, um, that we would definitely be willing to put it up. When I saw the Galway team against Wexford, of course, it was the half back line of that really fascinated me. Emma Helbert, of course, had broken into the team last year. Tariq Kenny, the cruciate injury just before the All Ireland final, had not cost her appearing in two All Ireland finals, winning Ireland finals when you take what Sarsfields achieved as well. But Siobhan Gardner, we've seen her in the club championship, in the county final, despite the poor performance from our team in the first half, she was one of the standout. Well. are drawn players, and while just there's areas to work on in, in regards to gaining experience in the pace of inter county level, uh, those three looked at home in the halfback line.
1: Yeah, he's a very very strong halfback line. well. So if you look at Corey, you know it is it is a, an area that we have struggled with, if you like, as at centre back. But if you, I think if you have a player that's causing a problem. Uh, in, in the attack Siobhan Garner is the girl to put on her. she's an absolute super girl to mark and I think again Darnie you did t- hit the nail on the head there when you mentioned about the strong defence or half-back fan of the Galway teams great to have Tara of course back as well onto the panel and missing out there I suppose on her club and indeed her county last year
0: When Wexford tried to bypass him as you mentioned the full-back line were given nothing away but open attack as well and uh, there's one defender we should mention as well who didn't get into the team Lorraine Ryan it just goes to show how strong the bench is, is as mm. well and when you look at the attack, Rebecca Henley Lee McGrath Orla McGrath Noreen corn I'm not looking at a, a sub bench at the moment in front of me just naming four players that were on the bench that did not start um, you know Ailish Wiley did very well Aoife Dunne who dominated around the middle and then when you look at the other players there as well Galway just they were enjoying their camogie and even you touched on we celebrating they will feel themselves in Galway and a lot of people do that they should have more than three All Ireland titles in total. One with the caliber of teams that they produced over the years, and I think this side are really determined to be the first to do back to back.
1: Yeah, and you know we've had very good underage in fairness in Galway as well. You know we have one under sixteens, we've had minors, and sorry, we you know looking back we should probably have more seniors won in Galway. But I think this is why this team is is so focused because they they do know, and a lot of these girls remember as well, would have been on losing teams. Um, so they know, they know the difference between winning and losing. And I think they're just so focused. And they have the players this year. They have the backup. They have the intermediate team, a very strong intermediate team behind there as well coming through. So they have, Kahal has the players to pick from. And like you, you just mentioned, you know, when you have, when you have players that caliber sitting on the bench, it just shows you what's out there. And, you know, the likes of Lorraine not making the team. Well, not making the team. Yes. <laughs> no, Lorraine, she'll, she'll push her way back in there. And even so, she's always a girl, I suppose you can turn to, to bring on. And you know, if that's what you need. They're there that's the kind of cl- caliber of players that you, you need if you do want to succeed.
0: With Galway and McCork, will they both have qualified for the quarterfinals come Sunday evening?
1: Yeah, I think they will. Yeah, I think you know, we're looking at probably the two strongest teams, you know, in the country with Galway and Cork. So I think they will come through and in, you know, I know you on there earlier on as well. It will it will be, I suppose, down to the wire then when they meet. And um, for the last group game, and it will probably be a cracker. And it's unfortunate there's once to be no support that's allowed in for that because I do think it will, be, it will be one of the best games, I suppose, in the Championship. But yeah, no, I do think Owen Cork will come through. Well, we, we are
0: certainly looking forward to that game next week. Of course, they do, they do their job first, and of course, we wish Wexford and awfully the very best of luck in those two games Anclair and Clare mm-hmm. and Dublin as well. One way or the other, next week here with uh, myself 7-ML and down and Sports Desk we will be looking. Ahead to go against Cork, we hope to have one of the Murray's on with us as well, but we have to ask one of them first. And we'll with that again. Um, and ben, thanks a million for uh, joining me here again. I really enjoyed this, and sure, as I say, uh, so we're really deep into the Camogie Championship now. Teams are dropping like flies. Hopefully, by next week, yeah. we will have news on um, what's going on with the Intermediates in the Junior Championship. I know we're probably hoping against hope that it'll be positive news for everybody concerned, but even a bit of clarity uh, might be helpful for those remaining and for those removed.
1: Exactly, Darren, just a bit of clarity
0: just before we wrap up to let you know we're back tomorrow with the curtain raiser Cork dual star Weena Buckley is going to be our regular guest on Fridays and we'll be mainly talking ladies football tomorrow with three live matches and TG Carr but of course when we have uh, the Cork person on we'll do do the Cork games as well so Weena will also be talking about cork against wexford in more depth. that's on friday morning on, on the curtain raiser here on sports task but for myself and amelda we hope you enjoyed our first show of sports task camogie and we'll be back next week to review the key games that took place this week and to look ahead to galway against cork and probably waterford against westmead i'd imagine uh next week and for that amelda thank you very much look forward to talking to you next week
1: thanks darren